Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almost 80 years ago, World War II was raging in Europe. And FDR was doing his level best to keep the United States out of that war. And tomorrow's date, December 7th, dawned very peacefully in paradise on the island of Oahu in the Hawaiian Islands. And nobody suspected that 250 miles off the coast lay a great portion of the Japanese Navy. And just before 8 a.m., Commander Mitsuo Fushida issued his famous command, Tora, 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 on his aircraft's radio, signaling to the other airplanes that were already in the air that they had caught the Americans by surprise. A force of torpedo planes and dive bombers attacked Pearl Harbor. And for a little over an hour, the Japanese Air Force bombarded the American fleet. 188 U.S. aircraft were damaged or destroyed. Many ships, but of the eight battleships that were harbored there, four were sunk, the other four badly damaged. About 2,400 Americans were killed, another 1,200 wounded, War had not yet been declared between the two countries. In fact, there were active peace negotiations going on at the time. The attack on Pearl Harbor had struck a huge blow against American naval power. And the next day, President Roosevelt addressed the nation in his famous speech, recognizing December 7th as a date that will live in infamy and asking Congress to declare war on the empire of Japan. And the U.S. had finally been drawn into the Second World War. After the attack, Commander Fushida created a hand-drawn map of Pearl Harbor, laying out where the ships were, how many and what kind of munitions were used against each one as he had circled in the air during the attack. He presented that map to Yamamoto uh, as part of his, um, as part of his uh, record of what had happened and the, the devastation that had been brought on the U.S. Navy. He really kind of underscored the damage that had been done. But that map changed hands a couple of times and in 2013 it was auctioned off for $425,000. It wasn't 80 years ago, it was thousands of years ago that another attack had been launched against paradise. And this attack left great destruction in its wake. In fact, the entire human race died spiritually that day as Satan targeted the beautifully perfect, wonderful paradise that God had made. 
the new creation had become the battleground of Satan's rebellion against Almighty God. And with the successful temptation of Adam and Eve and their subsequent fall into sin, it would seem that Satan had won a great battle, had struck a huge blow, a devastating blow at God. St. Mark writes, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And what Mark pens here in his opening is the beginning, the record of God's counterattack against Satan. God's overthrow of Satan's destructive plans. His negation of the de devastating effects of the fall against humanity. God is not neutral in this matter. Satan's initial blow, the death blow, had come in the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. The temptation was thrown, the forbidden fruit was fallen for, the creation was cursed, and any hope of a peaceful life with God was torpedoed and sunk. Except that God is not neutral. Immediately God declares that one will come, a man will come, the offspring of Adam and Eve, and he would crush the head of Satan to turn Satan's momentary victory into eternal defeat. And throughout history, as we see in Scripture, God painted pictures that hinted at his battle plan, like Isaiah's words this morning, like Isaiah's words in chapter 40, Comfort, comfort you, my people. Be comforted, my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem that her warfare is ended. Behold, the Lord Yahweh comes with might. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. Or from the prophet Micah, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Or Psalm 22. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. God throughout Scripture paints a picture for us of what He's going to do in this battle to reclaim us from Satan. The prophets of old told about the coming Messiah, about the one who would be born, who would be anointed for this work, reversing the, cur the curse, restoring creation to fellowship with its Creator. In President Roosevelt's speech on the 8th of December, he declared that because of the aggression of Japan, that the two nations were already at war. And recruiting stations were quickly overwhelmed with men who were willing to sacrifice for love of their country, love of their families. 
But Mark's words here, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, this is not a call for men and women to step up and volunteer to take up the fight against Satan and his minions. The gospel good news is that we don't have to defend ourselves from the devil's schemes. We don't have to do any fighting. We don't have to make ourselves pure again. We don't have to make ourselves acceptable to God again. We don't have to search for a way to get rid of our guilt. We don't have to perfect ourselves in order for God to love us. God himself comes to do the dirty work. Jesus Christ steps up to be the sacrifice, to sacrifice his life for love of you and me, offering his life as a ransom for many, destroying the power of hell to hold us in its deathly grip. After the defeat of the Axis powers in World War II, Mitsuo Fushida was called to testify in war crime trials for the grave mistreatment of some of the prisoners of war. And this really infuriated Fushida because it seemed to him that the nation of Japan, and he included, were being tried for crimes that any government in this situation would have performed. That the United States and its allies would have treated the Japanese prisoners of war in the same way. But later he chanced to meet some of his colleagues who were returning to Japan from prisoner of war camps in the U.S. And he was incredulous to learn that they had not been tortured or mistreated as he had thought. And they told him of a woman that they met in the camp named Peggy Covell. And she was a, a, an American missionary, the daughter of American missionaries, who had worked, not she but her parents, had worked in Japan, who had fled Japan because of the war, and then were killed by Japanese soldiers. And when Peggy had found out that her parents had been killed this way, she had a hard time forgiving, but she realized, because she heard the story that her parents had asked for time to pray before they were beheaded. And what did they pray for? They prayed that God would forgive their captors for what they were about to do. And she said, if my parents could ask for that kind of forgiveness, then I need to forgive also. And so she went to the prisoner of war camps and worked with the Japanese prisoners of war. See, according to the Japanese honor code, Peggy should have harbored uh, great uh, animosity toward the Japanese. They should have been her sworn enemies. This is what Fushida thought when he heard about Peggy Covell and what she had done in showing such great kindness to the Japanese prisoners. And not long after that, Fushida was handed a flyer about Jacob Deshazer, who was an American who had been a prisoner of war in Japan. And although he had been tortured and had nearly died of starvation at the hands of the Japanese, he was now working as a Christian missionary in Japan. 
And Fushida decided he needed to know more about this Christianity. And a year later, he got hold of a Bible and read God's Word. And in May of 1950, Commander Mitsuo Fushida became a Christian. Satan's attack on God was an indirect attack. Instead of attacking God directly, because he really couldn't do that, he attacked God's creation. And when man gave in to that temptation, that was a direct attack on God. It was a strike at God's place, at God's place as supreme being. The created creature had the audacity to reach for more than what God had given him to express his dissatisfaction with his lot in life. God's creature whose every need was provided for by God, who personally walked and talked with God himself. Satan's indirect victory in the garden was in coaxing us to side with him as an enemy of God. But Romans 5.10 says, that while we were God's enemies, while we were yet sinners, God reconciled us to himself through the death of his son. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that Christ came to die for sinners. That Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of God, came to die for his enemies. Mark says God begins that battle in this way. Behold, I send my messenger who will prepare the way for the Messiah, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance. You've heard the phrase, we have met the enemy and he is us. The phrase originally is, we have met the enemy and they are ours. It's a quote from the War of 1812. Oliver Perry, Commodore. He uh, defeats a British naval squadron and, and then he sends this message back. We have met the enemy and they are ours, but in 1970 it was tweaked a little bit as an advertising slogan. Uh, it had to do with um, environmental uh, concerns and so there's a character out in the forest and there's trash everywhere and, and he looks back at you, the reader, and says, we have met the enemy and he is us. But it's appropriate, that phrase, for us this morning because you and I were enemies of Almighty God and our, our sin had polluted our relationship with him and it had destroyed it until the Holy Spirit worked faith in our hearts through his word and brought us to repentance. It's not a pity party when we stand up together at the beginning of the service and confess our sins corporately. The Holy Spirit is making straight paths for God straight paths for the Lord through that repentance, causing us to trust 
in Jesus Christ as our only Savior. And in the power of our baptism, God has transformed us from enemies into dear children, answering our fall into sin with his sacrifice of his Son. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. With these words, Mark reveals how the battle for our lives had begun. And that battle, in fact, the entire war ended with Jesus' own famous cry from the cross, It is finished. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.